Welcome back to the Bluegrass Basketball Podcast. With me is John Moore and Josh Davis. We're going to recap a little bit of what happened this week. We're going to try and make this week's episode a little bit brief because we spent about an hour and a half with you last week. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and go to John, and he can talk about what he saw around the middle part of the state this week. So. Yes, the central part of the state. Yeah. Well, a couple things stood out to me. Number one, I kind of want to talk about what Scott County did this week because it, to me it was one of the more impressive um, weeks to start a season. Um, they started their season at home. They played South Laurel on Tuesday, and South Laurel is a top 20, 25 team in everybody's preseason rankings and probably the best team in the 13th. And Scott County beat them by 31. And they turned around on Friday and played Ballard, who was also a top five in the state, and beat them by 28. Mm-hmm. And then less than 12 hours, well, maybe 16 hours, they they played on Friday night in Georgetown against Ballard. Then they got on a bus after the game and drove to Marshall County which is a good five hours from Georgetown, and played a 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 p.m. Central game against Olive Branch, Mississippi, which has got a kid that's going to Memphis, the top ready kid, top five, ten kid in the country, and they beat them by ten. So, I mean, we we talked about Scott County being the best team in the state, number one team in the state, and I think they have come out just firing on all cylinders, um, obviously, you know, they, we talked about them last week in the zip zone when they, they had another big, big time win over University Heights. So to me, that was what really stuck out was just how polished and how ready to go that they are already, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that I don't think you're going to find a team in Kentucky that's played three tougher games than those guys have. So, um, and then also Covington Catholic. Um, you know, they played actually today in the state football championship. So they've been playing without, you know, some of their football guys, including one of the Thielens who is, you know, he's probably going to start for them, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a top rated football player in the country. And they played, they played Lexington Catholic earlier this week and beat them by 25. And I think it just, I talked to a buddy of mine that coaches at Catholic, Lexington Catholic, and he just told me they're just, Anybody that thinks they're not a top five team in the state is, you know, just severely out of it because mm-hmm. he said they're just really good. You know, it's not one of those, they're one of those programs. They don't really rebuild, they reload. Right. And, you know, they're younger, they're freshman JV kids, always have good years. So they just kind of plug guys in. So to me, um, those two teams kind of stuck out the most to me this week, Scott County and Cubcast, um, I guess in my coverage area, which you would consider the central part of the state. Um, and I mean, really, more than anything, Scott County just absolutely just plays whoever and just all they do is show up, win, and then go home, you know. So I was really impressed with that. That's what stuck out this, this week to me. Good, and I, I think I think Scott County is probably one of the best teams in the state, if not the best right now. I think that Moreno obviously leads them, but they've got a great cast of players with Diablo and yeah, they, they're just an all-around good team. They're not just one well, guy who's carrying everybody. So, You know, the thing about them, like, in the game against the team from Mississippi, I think Michael only had, like, eight or ten points, you know, and they still won. And, yeah. you know, Bry- Bryce Long hit a big couple big threes for him. Diablo played well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, um, Lorenzo Williams, who's kind of a defensive stopper for them, 
you know, he played well. And, and the thing about it is they got a kid that plays football. Um, Covington, he's not playing yet because they played in the state championship game of football, and he's a starter and has been a starter for them, you know. So, And mm-hmm. they're playing down a starter, and they're doing that. So, you know, it's just it's beyond me that, that Michael Moreno isn't being recruited by more teams, you know. But me you know, too. He's, six, he's six six and plays in the post in high school. Right. So I don't I don't think he'll play in the post in college, and I don't think he has any aspirations of playing in the post in college. But for Scott County, that's what his role is. Mm-hmm. And I think it speaks volumes of a kid that he will accept his role in high school, what's best for his team, and not not necessarily what's best for him individually to just yeah. keep the train moving, you know. And I and anybody that knows Michael, obviously we we dealt with him in junior all stars. I've coached against him since you know he's been in eighth grade, so. He's a great kid, and that, none of that would shock you, and none of that would surprise you um, about him. So, um, just they just are going to get better and better, and they're going to continue to play really good. They play a really tough schedule, you know. Obviously, being in, in the eleventh region, and they'll play. They go out and play people, you know, all across the state. So, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, what they do this year, and how they keep it going because they're definitely off to a hot start. Yeah. All right, Josh. What do you got in Western Kentucky? Um, I'm going to go a couple teams. I'm going to kind of point to one is, is a familiar name that we we talked about just in the preseason stuff, and then, and then one's maybe a little a little bit off the radar. Uh, maybe for for people in my area, it won't be as much, but maybe for where you guys are at, it might be. I'll start with uh, with UHA. Uh, they Keith Handy is you know he he they went down and played in the hoop fest. Uh, they opened up. They're they're already three games in. They they got an extra game in on yesterday. I know you know there's some teams that you know like for example the Rude County just played their first game I think last night. That uh, they're one of the ones that that, that just that got off the ground running and put three in that first week and that uh, they, they they seem to be as advertised. Uh, they they played not the Olive Branch team, um, but they played a team from Mississippi. Actually, uh, got, got tested a little bit, uh, just keeping up, uh, and following the scores and, uh, just, there was a video feed that um, kept going in and out, but they were, uh, they were, they were down a lot of that game, uh, played kind of sluggish early, uh, but I think, you know, for, for a team with the aspirations that they have, I think, you know, I think John can attest to this, having coached, uh, on a team that won a state title, I think it's, I think it's good to get some of those early tests. Uh, definitely, kind of yeah. against good teams, uh, and I think it's you know some people say you need to find a way to uh, win those games early. I don't, I'm, I'm not necessarily in that camp. They did find a way to win this one. They won uh, 81 to 78. Uh, Tandy had a big night, uh, you know, close to a double double, had seven rebounds, uh, 31 points, and, and kind of like what you mentioned uh, on maybe a slowly I mean, a little bit lower scale because I think we all agree that to this point it's, Scott County hasn't deterred anything any thoughts we had about where we what we thought they were but Sandy I think has a little bit more help than people realize too you got uh, uh, Hollowell chipped in with 13 points uh, Dustin uh, McGowan chipped in with 20 I'm sorry Drew McGowan chipped in with 21 points uh, just balanced attack and, and you know. He's gonna. You guys saw him uh, up against Trinity. He or you know, sorry, against Scott County. He's gonna need more guys. He's gonna need help, especially when the deeper they go into the season, if they want to have a, aspirations of making a run and getting to Lexington again, but maybe even you know advancing once they get there. 
but they're three and zero. Also, a good start. Uh, had had that close win. Uh, had a eighteen point win against Murray at home to start off the season, and then uh, went to and played in like a little. I think the it's called the First State uh, Bank Tip Off Classic in Millburg County. Played uh, Dolph out of the six regions. You know, a team that lost a lot from last year. It was a pretty, you know, you know, Coach Blake Stone does a really good job with that program. Um, he and I, I've known him for a while because he was, he was an assistant at Henderson uh, in my time that I spent there uh, under Coach Tyler Smith Hart. So, you know, a couple of nice wins early on. Uh, you know, they've got, you know, some games coming up that, you know, they're, they're going to continue to get tested. They got Madisonville, North Hopkins. Uh, you know, they'll be at the, obviously the Kings of the Bluegrass. Um, but that's nothing, you know, nothing that, you know, I think they didn't know going into it was going to be a test. I think they got off to a good start. But uh, the other team I wanted to mention, uh, a little bit off the radar in the fifth region, is uh, Marion County. They're coached by Montreal Irvin. I know John knows him pretty well. Yeah. And uh, Montreal got his group heats right off the bat, knocked off Bardstown, uh, one, of, one of my top three teams, and John's picked to win the fifth region. Yep. And it's obviously early, but I thought it was a, it's a pretty nice win. I think they won by 18. Uh, they were led by uh, Jameson and Ty Shea Hepps. Uh, that last name should sound awfully familiar in the, in the bluegrass. Uh, they are cousins. Uh, they have played together for a while, um, but they, they he got them off to a nice start. Uh, beat Bardstown by 18. Uh, then had a, a 96 to 72 win over Washington County, which is not, you know, that's not, you know, necessarily, you know, not a lot of people, uh, off their feet, but it's, you know, two solid wins, putting up a lot of points, getting a lot of contributions from a lot of guys. Uh, it might be, you know, turn out to be a surprise team in the fifth. I, I don't, I don't think it wouldn't surprise me that much. I, he just, he does a really good job with that program and kids buy in. Uh, those are some things that I saw early on. Uh, the one one thing I, I thought I thought was has always been the case, and it's kind of weird. You, have, you all both have been coached and been involved in sports for a long time. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, a game I actually went to Friday night, Hart County and Taverna, 18th district. It is for as long as I've known that that's, that's the second game of the season, and they're already they've already played a district game, and a couple of those teams, if not both of them, have played half their district schedule by the end of next week. Uh, or maybe within the next couple of weeks is I'm guessing that in other parts of the state, just that that's unusual. And I can't imagine a lot of other coaches would want it that way. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, Kayla, I'll let you go first. Cause I've got an interesting story about that, that kind of thing. So go ahead, Kayla. No, you go first. You go first. Okay. Well, when I was coaching at Dunbar, you know, we were in a five team district. So we had an extra district game you know, that we had to cover the, you know, most districts are four teams. And we would play, um, we would always play Lafayette the second week of the season. And that was a district game for us. Mm-hmm. And we'd play Lexington Christian that week as well. So we would have two district games kind of done um, early on before Christmas break. And then, you know, we'd go to our Christmas tournament thing mm-hmm. and then we'd come back and, and, and you know, hit hit some more of those district games. Um, but we used to, we used to kind of, look at the schedule and, you know, everybody in our district would would play at least one or two district games before Christmas break except Lexington Catholic. And we, it took us forever to, to finally get Catholic to play us before the break because, Catholic, you know, obviously you, 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 
you think as a coach that you're going to be more where you think you're going to be later on in the year. And, right. you know, at, at this point you're trying to kind of see what you got, move some lineups around, try some different things out, you know. But when you're playing district games, especially in, like, there's an argument to be made that the 43rd district is the toughest district in the state of Kentucky with, you know, Lafayette, Dunbar, Lexington Catholic, Lexington Christian, and Tate's Creek. I mean, that's just that's just tough, just a district. And so when you're in that district, you know, our our attitude was always, you know, we've got, we've got to win district games. We, we can't lose district games at home, and you know we've got to win. We've got to win them whenever we can win them. And so we always were like, man, we got to get we got to, we got to get Catholic to play us before the break. You know, we finally got that got that to happen. But um, you know, I think it's just as a as a coach, you know, obviously you want to be where you are. You think you're going to be when you play an important game like that. But sometimes schedules just don't allow for it. And you know, now we've got. Most districts, you, you play everybody twice. And, you know, if you're playing in a five-team district, you got to get games in. Plus, you know, when you play in a district with a, with a Class A school, and now with a Class 2A school, you know, their schedule's changed because they've got the All-A or the 2A. So it's just you kind of fit them in when you can. Um, but then, you you know, I, I think it's just like when you look at Hart and Caverna, that's obviously a rivalry, um, a geographical rivalry because it's just, you know, right down the street from each other. So, it's kind of a, a cool deal that they play each other early on, um, but you know it, it can be it can be heck on a coach to try and get your guys ready and prepare for games of that importance that early. You know, now when I was at Frankfurt, Franklin County, we would play one district game before Christmas, and that was it. And the rest of them we would play after. So that was a little different situation there um, as far as preparation and getting stuff going. But I mean, I've been on both sides of it, and you know. I think I think that's the thing is like one you got to look at where you're at, you know. Yeah. Like with Johnson Central, for instance, um, they usually go deep in the playoffs and in football. So you got a couple of guys that are on the squad that you're kind of waiting on. So you don't really schedule your district games early. As far as basketball goes, um, myself as a coach, I like to have mine later in the season, but that's just a per- personal preference. But we we seed here in the 57th, so it matters. Well, and, wait, well wait, 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 wait. Yeah. We should seed everywhere. We should. You're right. You're right. Now, if you, don't want to play, if you don't want to play two district games mm-hmm. against everybody, then let's play one and count it two or whatever you want to do. And I get that some of these small schools, like in in, in the 42nd district, which is the Scott County district, mm-hmm. you know, Sayers, Sayers in that district. And yeah. Sayers plays everybody once, and they count it for two. So, mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that we're not required to seed in every district because think, you get so you good. get in a, you get in a situation where you've got two like you got two top ten, top fifteen teams in the state in the same district, and they draw, draw each other mm-hmm. in the first round of the district. That's just I think that's just dumb. But anyway, yeah. see, it's interesting that you mentioned that because there was uh, in the fifth that happened in the fifth region last year where it was I guess. The previous year, uh, the the Taylor County, Derry County, Campbellsville, Marion County, that those they all got together and decided before the season that we're not we'll we'll fit in the games where we can on the schedule, but they essentially didn't use regular season games against each other to count for district seating. They drew they drew just like you do for you know the the bigger tournaments and. They, that, that's how they, they did their district tournament that way. And how many well, districts draw? Uh, I think it's only well, like three, see, right? It's changed. It's changed because 
in, in, in the 10th region now, you know, that Pendleton, Harrison, Robertson County, Nicholas County district, they, they drew for years. And this year they're seeding. They voted to seed. And I know that my boy, Coach Gelsh, he made it very adamant at the 10th region media day that he was totally against the seeding aspect of it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I mean, you got to be who you got to be. I don't yeah. think anybody wants to feel proud about backing into the regional tournament because they got the draw. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and, and this right. isn't any knock. Like this isn't any knock on any team. But I'm just going to use it as an example. You know, like in the 11th region, you've got the 44th district, which is Madison Central, Madison Southern, Berea, and Model. And I can't tell you. You know, they draw. I can't tell you how many times that Berea and Model draw each other. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Model's been a little bit better the last five, six years than they have been, you know, in years past. Mm-hmm. But in nine out of ten years, Madison Southern and Madison Central are the two best teams in that district. You know, and, and so there's no – I don't think there's any reason that you should take two teams, you know, that are clearly the two best teams in the district and force them to play each other in the first round. I'm just no. not – you know, I'm and, and, and it happens. It happens, and I get it. You know, people – but people have different, you know, motivations behind these these kind of things. So yeah, I think if you it's see the district, that yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Okay, it's funny that you mentioned that, John, because Adair and Marion, after all that, ended up playing each other in the first uh, in the first round, and with Taylor having some injuries and being down last year, and then Campbellsville kind of had an up and down season, it ended up being, you know. The winner of that Campbellsville Taylor County game was going to ended up advancing to the region, and you had what would have more than likely been the district championship if it, if it had been seeded. You had you know Marion and Madera playing the first round, and it's unfortunate because if you were to ask me, you know, with, and I know that, that that upsets can happen, and that that particular topic is going to be part of my rant later on, but um, you know that more than likely those two teams are going to play each other in the district championship and more than likely, you know, both are going to be able to go and compete in the region. Now, as fate would have it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves it correct, Campbellsville ended up winning that game against Taylor County. Then they went on and I think upset Bardstown in the first round of the region um, in a game that ended that wasn't that that obviously was, was not expected to go the way it did and, uh, a lot of people didn't even know, realize or feel like the Campbells was going to be there, and they were. And once they got there, you know, we all know anything can happen once you get there. So, right. um, but, but I agree. It, it was it was it was unfortunate to, to see that. And, you know, like you said, everybody has their own opinions and their own reasons uh, for why that some of those districts do that. And you know, it's probably a topic for another day. But it is unfortunate to see. I, I, I think I just think it needs to be. I think that needs to be. Uh, some, whatever you're going to do, that's what, that's how every, that's one thing to me that should be across the board. This I is, agree. You know, that's, I mean, we've got 64 districts in the state of Kentucky and we've got 61 that are, that are seating and three that are drawing and it's just, you tell me why we do that, what sense that makes. Because yeah, I, I don't think that that's, I just don't, I just don't get it. But you know, like I said, people have their own reasoning and motivations behind why they do the things that they do and, you know, that you can't change people's minds. So, I think if you seed every that's, district, then you then you end up with a better regional tournament. So that's hundred percent. I mean, I, I mean, hundred percent. That's just my opinion. You guys can take that for what it's worth. 
you know, it may not mean anything to some of you, but that's also about it. So. Or, no, you know, or hey, Kayla, you know, we can always just get rid of district tournaments. Yeah, we, we could do that. You know. Like, All right, now. My part of the state. Not a whole lot happened this week. Um, well, I'll just give you a rundown of a few games that kind of caught my radar. Uh, Boyd County beat Sheldon Clark, but Trey James, who's a 6'10 sophomore, he, he had a, dub, a double-double that game, one of his many. Um, Knott County played Mercer in the Edgewood Super Center Classic. They won by 15. So, uh, I mean, Knott County's good, but that doesn't sound like the Mercer County that I'm, that I'm used to hearing about. So I'm thinking Mercer's probably having a little bit of a down year. But, um, but Knott County, that was a good win for them. Uh, Johnson Central won their home opener against Jackson County. And um, a kid we don't normally talk about, Corey Van Hoos, who is not related to me or JR in any way, he had 21 points and 12 rebounds. And the kid is like, Less than six foot tall. So that, that was a pretty good game for him. I, I just kind of wanted to give him a nod for that. Uh, that's really just about what happened around this area this week. And um, that's all I really got for the mountain. Nothing else. Um, I have to interject something there. It okay. is it's like my head just exploded that there's a kid at Johnson Center with the last name Van Hoos that's not related to you all whatsoever. He's not at all. Well, first of all, I just told you that he was less than six foot tall, so does it sound like he's related to J.R.? Hey, um, you people in, in Johnson County, there's no telling you're all related properly. <laughs> anyway, um, we decided that we were going to talk about, uh, well, first, before before we get into our fun segment, I want to, speaking of J.R., Isaiah Cozart broke his all-time leading block record for the state, and they both kind of had a, a touchy moment where, like, J.R. recorded a video congratulating Isaiah, and Isaiah was on film, you know, getting choked up while watching J.R.'s video, and just the respect that Isaiah showed for becoming the all-time block leader in the state of Kentucky, that just, that really spoke to me about what kind of kid he is. I mean, we've, we've dealt with him with the junior all-stars, and he was excited to meet J.R. at the time, but when kids get it, it shows, and I think that Isaiah understands what it means to be the all-time leading, leading blocker in the state of Kentucky, and I think that he's worked for that for many years, and, you know, I just appreciate the way that he respected what he did. So um, congratulations again, Isaiah. I think that your your career has been incredible to watch, and we can't wait to see you this season. So and that's, a, that's one of your all-stoppers, yeah. I want to say – I saw the, the video that you're speaking of where he's watching J.R. congratulate him. Mm-hmm. My favorite part was where J.R. said he can't wait to watch him at Western Kentucky. So is he going to root for Isaiah at Western Kentucky? Uh, we root mm-hmm. for Western whenever they're not playing Marshall. So. You hear all these lies come out of her mouth, Josh. We yeah. do? Yeah. Let me tell you something. I don't root for Marshall mm-hmm. when they're not playing Western. That's fine, but, you know, Last year we had Justin Johnson either. to root for. But, you know, Justin Johnson and I are good friends. We've been friends for many years. Last year I had him to root for, so of course I wanted him to do well. And you know, next year Isaiah Cozart. So yeah, I'm gonna. I watched. I watched both videos. First off, I think it was you know because I know especially you know John talked before about he, he's hesitant to speak about. And say things about the the program which he coaches at and coaches for, and I'm, I'm sure Kaylee probably feels the same sentiment when 
we're talking specifically about Jr. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shout out because you know when you watch you know you you watch nowadays like in in the NFL for example when somebody like when the last undefeated team gets beat you see all those Miami Dolphins old guys like toasting and celebrating that their like their perfect season still intact and I get being proud of that but. So to me, show so much class and, and respect for the game that, that Jr. you know put that video together and um, you know celebrated it and, and embraced it and it was, I, it was just a classy moment all the way around for a young man like you guys you already said but for Isaiah to you know have that moment I mean you can fake a lot of things but I saw that video that's that's just raw genuine emotion and and that only comes when you have that that respect for for what you just accomplished. And respect for the person that's that's sending that message to you, and I just I'm giving him a big shout out. That's you know I, we talked about how how devalued it is a lot of, in today's society of, of, of getting high character, uh, of teaching high character qualities, and that somebody has obviously, and I would say a lot of somebody has obviously spent a lot of time instilling that in that young man because he he exemplifies that, and that's and. and as a as a hilltopper, former hilltopper, that's, that's something I'm really excited about. That's, that's fantastic. I think Western's got a good one. Yeah. Kind of echo the same sentiments as Josh on that. Um, as far as uh, you know, what Jr. did in the class that that takes. I mean, I mean, I can speak personally that a couple of years ago when when Tavion was chasing the all-time you know point scored record in Fayette County. The guy that he passed was coaching at a Fayette County school at the time, and we played him. He went to the handshake line and told him not to break his record. And then when, and then when he did break it, another coach at another school in town, an assistant, got on Twitter and said, "Oh, that's all great, good, but um, it, I think the other guy was still better." And like, it's just like you know, these are adults taking personal shots at kids. And I mean, I've had that rant for years. So if I didn't get on here and talk bad about somebody, it wouldn't be a normal podcast. But that always struck me as like that's what we deal with now. And so to see Jr. you know, reach out to Isaiah the way he did, I think, you know, he gets it. Isaiah gets it. You know, it was records a good are made to be broken. I mean, records are made to be broken. Yeah. There's no like, uh, it, you can't. You know, there's no way around it. You know, there. And I think what, you know, what Isaiah is doing. You think he's played two games this season. So he's probably got 30 or so more games left. I mean, he's going to put up some crazy numbers mm-hmm. for that all-time, you know, career block shot to it. And well, and Jr. held it for 12 years or 20 years. So think of how long Isaiah's going to hold it. I know. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's but it's it's you know, I'm glad to see that that Jr. did that, and I'm glad the, the whole thing was the coverage on it was great. It was, and I and I told Keith Palmer um, at Lex 18, I I think it was a great bit of journalism. We don't have a whole lot of those feel-good stories anymore, a lot of negativity on the news, and I think that was just a good moment for everybody. I'm trying not to be biased because I'm really close to the situation, but I just think that everybody felt what I felt. So it was good. I just want to know if I can get J.R. to wave a red towel. <laughs> Maybe. You know, we have talked about many times going to a game with, with our buddy Daryl Carrier, so maybe one day. Oh, yeah. All right, now for the fun part of our segment, if neither of you have anything else left to talk about, as far as I do, I do want to say, I do want to say, I kind of skipped out on. I I don't say, I don't say skipped out, but just kind of left my mind for a minute. You know, um, 
our boy Dante Allen had a big week as far as putting up some numbers. You know, I think he scored over 50 in his first two games um, of the season against um, – they played Scott High and who was the other team that they played? I can't remember. Williamstown. Um, he, he scored 50, 52, 53 against those two teams, and he had a little bit less of a point scoring-wise, you know, Game down at Marshall County. They they played Marshall County, and I think he had 25 or 26 points and maybe 21 rebounds, which is you know a crazy number. But you know, I think he's you know that's a good start to the season for him. You know, mm-hmm. anytime he can score 50 something points, it's impressive. So, um, you know, but I think we also talked about you know Moreno's Moreno's teams playing great, Kiki's teams playing great, David Johnson, Trinity, they're three and zero, two and zero. You know, they're playing great. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely an exciting year for those for those top guys that we've we've been talking about. Kyle Rowe at LCA has had a he's had a couple thirty point games to start off you know his season too. So we've um, been excited about this class for a long time though. Yeah, I mean even before we started the podcast, you and I would just talk about how ridiculous these kids were as freshmen. I mean it's just here they are, and it's going to be a great no. season. I really do think so. And also, just to um, add on a little bit, Josh talking about University Heights and Kiki. There's a video on Twitter which we can retweet. Um, a company called Overtime, who is kind of like a, I guess, kind of like a mix a mixtape type company. Mm-hmm. They've posted a video of Kiki Tandy on a fast break. He, he got the ball by himself and went down and threw down a dunk, but he put it between his legs before he threw it down. Oh. Okay. Um, he's in high school. <laughs> and I remember 15-something years ago when Vince Carter did that in a dunk contest and everybody lost their absolute mind because they yep. couldn't believe that somebody could do that. And now we got a high school kid doing it in a game on yep. a fast break. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what shout, I uh, – Shout out to that, man. Good Lord. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he's something else now. But we can, we can call that our play of the week, unofficial yeah, play of the week. I mean, that's fine. That's 100% fine. <laughs> All right, now, we had, we were talking in our group message earlier, and I kind of had the idea we wanted to, to discuss, and we want you guys to bounce back at us about what the fav- your favorite, well, actually the best sports movie of all time, not your favorite, but what you think is the greatest sports movie of absolutely all time. So I've got mine in mind, but I'm going to hear from John and Josh first. So, John, go ahead. What's, what is the greatest sports movie of all time? Oh man, um, that's tough. I know, I know everybody wants me to say Hoosiers, but I'm not gonna say Hoosiers, although it's a good movie. Ruth Ruth Davis, Davis does not want you to say Hoosiers. I don't really care what Ruth Ann Davis wants me to say. <laughs> I care what Ruth Ann Davis wants Listen, I saw Ruth Ann Davis at the, at the Western Kentucky game yesterday in the middle of the, in the middle of the first half, and they were over there gossiping, talking, not even watching the game. <laughs> you know, whatever. So her opinion is irrelevant. So anyway, um, Hoosiers is not mine. I, you know, for me personally, um, Field of Dreams is my number one sports movie of all time. Mm. It's not even close. That's for personal reasons, but um, it's also very good. And Bull Durham's a close second. So, but I'm a baseball guy. I mean, people, you know, I watch 162 Braves games a year. So, I mean. That's what I, that's what I do when I'm not coaching basketball. But yeah, so I'm going to go fill the dreams and Bull Durham a close second. All right, Josh, what's your what's your what do you think Man, is the greatest? 
And this before I before I tell my answer, John I, I'm, or and Kayla both got to ask you this: because Hoosiers is the cliche answer for a lot of people. Is Hoosiers even the best basketball movie of all time? No. Have you ever seen Like Mike? I mean, come on. I'm just curious because I, I, I uh, the best basketball movie of all time. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Space Jam's pretty good. Yeah, Space Jam was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Two And loving basketball, I think, is a good movie too. And my wife actually mentioned that. And, and that you know, I, I I think Hoosier still is, is up there. It's probably still the top basketball movie of all time. But I think it's I think it's closer than a lot of people think it is. No, it's not the top. Anyway, you don't think what is then? I, I just think I, I'm going to make a really hot take, and people are going to roast me on the internet. Wait, 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 wait. Josh, what's your pick for the best sports movie? Yeah, of all time? pick for the best sports movie of all time. Let's hear it. For the, oh well, well for me, it, I went back and forth, but I, I finally, I finally settled on on one that's probably going to be off the radar, but I'm going to go with Rocky. Uh, it's just oh, yeah. the ultimate American dream, you know. The, the it's not even the best. Come out, come out. It's not even the best boxing movie. It's not. It's not even the best Rocky movie. Okay, what's the best Rocky movie? Four. Uh, Rocky four. And anybody yeah. that says that, that that they're wrong, that says that that's wrong, is un-American and can move to Russia with Drago for all I care. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, here's some information that you two may not be aware of. But another thing to go with that, the original Rocky movie, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm usually not, is I'm fairly certain won an Academy Award for Best Picture. That's mm-hmm. fine. It was in the 1970s when nobody on this conversation was allowed. So once again. <laughs> When you watch Rocky Four and you see the 45 minutes of montage working out and doesn't want to make you run through a brick wall, then you're not American. So Rocky Four is the best Rocky movie, so we'll move on. That's fair. I, but I, I'm sticking with my dad because I, I, think, I think you could make an argument that it's outside of maybe when they – if they had stopped at four, I think you could make the argument that it was the best best – sequel of, of any set of sequels that was, was maybe ever made, ever. Mm. And if they had ended it with four, then I would I would definitively say that. <laughs> I just like Rocky Four. I think it's good. It is pretty fantastic. So you're going uh, with Rocky. That's a good answer. I'm sticking Rocky's with Rocky. A yeah. Rocky's a different answer. But if we're talking boxing movies, I'm going to go with Cinderella Man being better than Rocky, but that's just me. Oh, my gosh. You're ridiculous. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Any, anyway. Prisoner, yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. That's a good movie, but no. Anyway, it's, go, it's not better yeah. than Rocky. Kayla, what's your hot take for the best sports movie ever? No, no, no. That's not, no, that's not my hot take. My hot take is that Hoosiers is overrated, but. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, best sports uh, movie of all time. Yeah, I said it. And people are going to say stuff about it, but I said it. Um, the best sports movie of all time to me is Remember the Titans. And I think that mm. – I, I have I have reasons for saying that, though, because it ties in the whole the whole racial segregation thing and how we came together as, you know, as a society and football brought, brought people together in that way. It's just – that's big to me, and I think it represents a lot more than just football. So I, I think – as far as like moving greatest um, sports movies of all time, I think Remember the Titans is up there, and I'm like John Bull Durham is a close second for me because who doesn't love that movie? 
Hmm. I, remember, I was I was torn. Remember the Titans is one I strongly considered. That's that's a good one for all the reasons you said. Yeah, I think I think it represents a whole lot of things for a lot of people, and I think it's I think it's good, and it it brings out the best in people. And I think the Blind Side was good too. I mean, there are a lot of really good recent ones. But but to me, remember the Titans. Um, that's, that's it, I guess. I, I, that's what it doesn't I got for hurt it. the fact that I think Denzel Washington might be the greatest actor of our lifetime. It's true. He is the greatest actor and, of our lifetime. Yeah, and he's played a variety of roles, but he was he was rock solid in that one. And that was that is that's a classic. I'm and not changing was, my vote, but that's. And that was a hard role to land, to like, I don't know, to nail. And I think Denzel did it. You know, there was just a lot of stuff going on in that movie, and it, and it, like I said, football was just kind of barely the surface of it. It just, it means a lot to to us as a nation, and I, and I love it for those reasons. So, so I'm going to remember the Titans. Um, but we would love to hear everybody else's opinion on what they think the greatest movie, sports movie of all time is. Does anybody have any honorable mentions other than Space Jam and Lock Mike? <laughs> hey, Ruth Ed, I'm going to shout her out again because it's just, you know, she's, she's, she's always been willing to share her input. And, uh, she's, she's, she's given honorable mention to Varsity Blues. Oh, that's, that's, that's one of, uh, that's a and good one. And, and it's a quotable movie too, so I think it that's, is. um, I think, this one just kind of popped in my head, but it was one of my favorite ones growing up with Hoop Dreams, which it's, you know, that's basically really a documentary, but mm-hmm. about Arthur Agee and, uh, you know, they, they follow him and another guy around from the time they're freshmen until they graduate college and, you know, they're inner city Chicago kids and how they, you know, um, make their life, how their life changes through basketball and stuff like that. And it takes place in the late eighties, early nineties. And it's just, it's that's long now. It's, good. It's, yeah. it's three and a half hours, but it's, I love that movie, man. That's one of my favorite movies. It's Hoop Dream. Listen, so. Underrated is Glory Road. That's a really good basketball movie. Well, that's, there's too many inaccuracies in that one for me. There there are. You're right. But I, I like, talk Coach, about, I like, like Coach you know, Carter as well. I'm not a Kentucky fan, but when they made up the whole scene of Texas Western and Kentucky being in the airport at the same time. And, yeah. yeah. That's just too much. You know, that's a, I'm glad you said that, John. That's a big, that's a, uh, people who really like dig in and do the research, that's, that's uh, people have a lot of problems with the blind side for that very reason. That's true. There were a lot of inaccuracies and fallacies in that movie. There were. You're right. I'm going to throw a curveball, and Kayla's already kind of answered it. What's, what's your most overrated sports movie? Kayla says Hoosiers. What's yours, John? I, I did say Hoosiers. Most overrated sports movie? Mm-hmm. Oh. Maybe The Blind Side. Oh, that hurt. At least you didn't say Beaver Pitch. I don't, that's just, nobody cares about that movie. <laughs> oh, you want to know what's a, out, outside the box a great um, what? sports movie? Days of Thunder, boys. You give me cold trickle driving down that day on Daytona 500 any day of the week. I'll watch it any time it's on. A racing movie? I don't think I've seen it. Well, you're from Eastern Kentucky and you haven't seen that. You're a liar. I don't watch NASCAR. Well, that ain't NASCAR. It's Days of Thunder. Whatever. Uh, okay. my, I'm going to go with my overrated one. Is, I'm going to go with any given Sunday. 
it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's it's super super popular and like it's it has some intense moments and I just mm-hmm. I just I don't think it was I don't think it was all that and I'll be honest with you a close second and this is not going to be popular with you all I don't think I I, I was never a big fan of Bull Durham not just what? He hit the bull. What are you talking about? <laughs> HUD. Then, I, I don't even know you right now. Sorry. I don't even know you right now. Yeah. We're getting away. I, the people have turned this off by now. I'm guaranteeing they're not listening anymore. <laughs> that's okay. I'm going to close I'm gonna close up some two-cent songs with some basketball if, if, if we got time to do that. That's fine. We do. And, and we're done with our movie talk. I want people to kind of respond to, to our thoughts there, and if they roast me about saying Hoosiers is overrated, that's fine. But, you know, we can we can tie up some loose ends here if you want to, Josh, so go ahead. Absolutely. I just I wanted to talk about a couple of uh, – we've talked about some things that have happened already, and it's obviously we're one weekend, so there's still a whole lot of basketball to be played. But there's actually some pretty pretty big matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks, and just in my area I wanted to mention a couple of those. Uh, in the fifth region, uh, talked about Marion County earlier. Uh, they're they're going to get a pretty big test this uh, this coming week. They they play uh, Central Harden. Um, that's a that's you know it's got a it's a talented team. It's a team that's uh, off to a two and start. You know we obviously uh, we know the the early commitment that uh, has happened for Jacob Bob going to. Uh, my brain just went dead. Going to uh, Lipscomb. Yep. Uh, talented player. Uh, a lot of talent on the floor for Marion County. Uh, big test for them to see if, you know, their early season success and their early winning at Barstown, see what kind of a measuring stick for them. Um, and then the other one is in the fourth region. Um, this is a, a matchup of, you know, two teams that I think, you know, have at least at some point will have aspirations of uh Winning the, the fourth region or, or making a pretty decent run is a uh, Glasgow and Bowling Green matchup this week. Um, I, you know, I, a lot of people have Bowling Green, uh, in the top two. I had actually had Glasgow, uh, second. But, uh, one thing that may be a big blow for them, we mentioned, uh, or I mentioned last week that, uh, they had an injury concern about Jaden Franklin, their, uh, most talented post player. Um, he has, uh, just from, from people um, that are close to the program, he is actually going to be. He's not going to get to play this year. That that injury he suffered at the end of the football season was an ACL injury. Um, so he's he's done. That's a big blow to them. Uh, they're they're extremely talented uh, in the guard position, and they're really deep in the guard position. Got a lot of guys to shoot. Um, so I think it's going to be a good game. But I think that maybe probably puts a a big blow on what they're making. You know, Big time goals are. Unless they get some guys, younger guys, make a step up. So it's unfortunate. Uh, Coach Willis has done a great job that program, and it seems like he's had to deal with at least one significant injury uh, every single year for the last three years. And I know everybody a lot of times has to do that, but man, that's I think uh, this junior class when they were freshmen, the reason all those freshmen got to play so early on was because. He lost four of the starters to season-ending injuries, and I mean that's just that's unheard of. So, um, those are a couple of games I'd like to uh, see how those play out. Little early season uh, previews, and uh, that's that's what I've got in my area. Something you know we've all talked about. It's going to be an exciting year. It's off to a great start, and uh, look forward to it, keep, uh, keeping it going this next week. John, are there any good games coming up this week in Central Kentucky? Uh, 
I mean, I know a lot of there's a lot of city games in Lexington. Um, Dunbar and Lafayette play. Uh, Scott County and Douglas play. So there's always those um, those those first round of city matchups that are coming up. Uh, I think Henry Clay and Bryan Station play. So those always stick out. Um, in the tenth region, uh, I don't. I mean, there's some like you know we Clark we play Madison Central this week, which should be a pretty good game. And then we play Pendleton, so you know we've got a, a Western Kentucky commit and a UK commit coming to Winchester this week, so should be fun to watch, you know, up close and personal those games. But um, I don't think there's anything really, you know, crazy that's coming now. A, a game that kind of interests me a little bit. We've got Collins versus Trinity, mm-hmm. which we talked a little bit about Collins, and they've got two really good guards, and of course we talked about Trinity. So I think that's an interesting game as far as the, you know, the athletes on the floor in that game. So that's probably, um, I think, and I do think Trinity and Fern Creek play um, this week, too, or either next week, one of the two. So that's always a good game. So um, those are the ones that really come, you know, that, that, that stick out to me. All right. Good deal. If there's nothing else, I guess we will close it out for the week, and um, we'll see you guys you gotta next week. you got to give us shout-outs. Oh, yeah, you got to give a shout-out to, uh, to your group message. Yeah, but, you know, I won't mention any names because I don't want any conspiracy theories to get started. You know, I mentioned a name last week when we had to edit it out because he freaked out. He was going to donate this out. I don't care what he says. Um, so I won't mention any names, but, you know, shout out to the group message and to one specific individual because he's a Raiders fan and he knows he got his feelings hurt today. So, um, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, another 40 piece from Mahomes and the boys. But, uh, you know, that's all I really got. I'm going to shout out to Ruth Ann Davis for being a, a, I guess, backstage contributor to our podcast. She's got all these great movie suggestions and ideas, you know. So, uh, so I'm just them. telling you right now, ever since we met, she, the, one of the first, this is when I knew we were going to get married. She was keeping books from this little funny story and it probably embarrassed her, but it'll be okay. Um, we, she was keeping book for me. I was coaching a, a freshman team at Hart County, uh, and she was keeping book because she's always been involved in sports. And she was an athlete in high school, and just uh, I wrote down my start lineup and handed the book. And I'm walking away, and I'm going back to the bench to kind of gather my thoughts and get talk to my guys and play games get our start. And I hear. Her, and I won't name names because, you know, let, some of these are uh, former players. She looks at my lineup and she's like, you're starting him instead of him? <laughs> and I, I took a double take and I was like, are you questioning my starting lineup? <laughs> and she said, yeah, it's not a good one. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm in love. So, you know, that's what, that's, uh, it's, she's, she's, but she loves it. She loves sports. She loves, she's always been around. She's been a great supporter of me, uh, throughout the time I've coached and, um, she is. She's, she, she would prefer to be behind the scenes because she does not like the spotlight at all, but uh, she does. She, she would definitely add her two cents for sure, and, and it's, it's usually a lot more valuable than mine. So, well, listen, uh, if, you, if you find a girl who can, who can coach or who can keep book, you better marry them because they're few and far between. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm going to give my shout-out to uh, just uh, everybody – uh, that just com- got done competing for the state championships in football. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys will transition over into the basketball season. We, you know, John talked about that earlier. Some of these basketball teams are, uh, are missing some key pieces. Uh, so I'm just, I'm going to give a, a shout out to, 
a guy that I used to work with uh, for a short time in Cavern. His name's Sean Young. Uh, he was he's a he's on the staff there at South Warren. They finished off the undefeated season one state title. Day happy for him. He's a great guy. Um, got a son that plays. I'm sure that's a special moment to be able to share that with him. Um, and to just to just to get have, let everybody in the Covington Catholic area get their their Twitter fingers ready. I'm sorry, it's not an upset when they're 14 and 0 and you're part of a program that's been there and done that before. And that was an unpopular opinion apparently on Twitter earlier, but it's not. Now they're 15 and 0 in their state champs, and uh, I'm sure they're proud of it. Congratulations to them and everybody else who won a championship this weekend. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to Johnson Central Football because they made it to the finals for the fourth year in a row, which is pretty epic, but just fell short. You know, Franklin Central set the beat, so it's a good game all around, though. Um, and I think that's it for this week, unless you guys have something else. Okay, I'm good. Okay. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.